Hello and welcome to From Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. My conversation this week took a turn took a turn I wasn't expecting, and I think it's better for it. Liz Price is a coach and colleague from the NHS, and we were going to talk about all things goals and how goals can bring you joy but a conversation that we had before we started recording around George Floyd and the impact of the Black Lives Matter movement really stuck with us and we ended up turning back to that during our conversation. I hope you'll find it thought-provoking, I hope you'll find it useful, I hope as a result you will pause where I suggest and just think about what it means for you and what influence you have personally to make a difference. I'm sending you lots of love, reminding you that we're still in lockdown so this was recorded over Zoom. The sound might go funny now and again but it makes for good listening. See you at the end. Hello and welcome to From Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. And I am here today um, with someone who I've had the great joy of working with and getting to know a bit personally, which is awesome. Um, Liz is a coach and also um, has a day job as well as a side hustle. So she works in the NHS like me. So we've already got great things in common with the coaching in the NHS side. Um, But I'll hand over to Liz to ask her to introduce herself to you. Good morning, Liz. How are you? Hi Jane, thank you. I'm really well and uh, great to see the sunshine today actually. Um, So thank you. Uh, I work in the NHS uh, in London and um, as part of my job I I do a lot of strategy work but the bit that I really love doing is coaching and facilitation um, with people in the NHS mostly Um, and I uh, also have the side hustle that you mentioned um, which is a little coaching company called uh, full frame coach where I, I do that outside of my working hours and it's um you you have the same passion about coaching as I do and I spoke to you um, a couple of podcasts ago we spoke with Eleanor Clark who's also a coach and there's something about when you're a coach it, you can feel the energy from people when they speak about it so I can I mean I I've got the joy of seeing you as we record this as well but I can I can feel the energy come off you as you talk about coaching it's obviously something you're really passionate about yeah it's one of those things where I feel like I was born to do it um and my I guess my my trajectory towards coaching took it was a long time before I got there um but it it makes sense when you sort of look back on it um and the interest that I've always had in people and passionate about um people reaching their potential and uh, I was a volunteer with Samaritans for a while so really honed my active listening skills in that space before moving into mentoring and coaching um, and then on to sort of facilitation and action learning sets and 360 degree feedbacks and things like that but I just I just love it really really enjoy working with people and really helping people thrive and get the most out of wherever they are and start to challenge some of those um thinking patterns that perhaps have held them back for a while yeah those those sort of limiting self-beliefs that can get in the way of your potential sometimes yeah and i I really um most of my my coaching clients over the years have have been women um and actually a lot of them have been women um 
sort of fairly early in their careers mm -hmm. and yeah really just the, the the joy actually of really helping knowing that I've made a difference in helping someone take that leap into the next phase of their career when they didn't think that was possible um just yeah yeah really pleased to know that I'm helping the next generation of of women coming through the NHS as leaders and particularly um um women from black and ethnic minority backgrounds I was, I've been reflecting lately obviously mm. um with some of the things that have been happening around the world about black lives matter and thinking about the women that I've been able to help move to the next phase of their career and get them out of the the administrator role really and the and the pigeonholing that goes on for those people so that's been a real joy yeah we were having quite a a good conversation about that before we started recording actually it's um it's a really interesting time we were talking about how actually there's something for us all to do and quite often it's easy to say gosh this is happening and that's awful and and there's actually not a lot i can do because it's systemic but we were talking about the personal responsibility you can do so to, to look around in in meetings you may be convening we were talking about leaders in the nhs and looking around the room and noticing when actually there's very little diversity in the room when if you look at the the makeup of the nhs particularly in london you know it's mm. it's not representative of either the population we're serving or the people who are working in the nhs sometimes absolutely there's a there's a lot we need to do differently um you know and i, and I i'm really keen to be part of that and, and being able to um advocate you know those for those people when they're not in the room and able to do that themselves mm -hmm. so you know we were chatting just before so i'm starting to think about you know what what can my role be in that in terms of an anti-racism and being very active about anti-racism in that space where can i br bring some of the challenge and and hold the mirror up to other parts of the nhs um where i have some um some influence and some some space to try and do that yeah and and you and i i haven't asked you about this so i'm going to put you in the deep end uh, right now but you and i both coach within the nhs so we offer um coaching through a register and um, which is available for free to people in the nhs so i maybe i wonder whether now would be a really good time that if anyone's listening um who is from a bain background who would like to have some free coaching through the nhs if you're working for the nhs or um if you have friends who are in the nhs in that space who might really benefit then i think reach out to, to liz and i and, and maybe we could offer a, a couple of sessions see i've just dropped you in that now but you're nodding ferociously in the background so i'm assuming that's good yes please and actually on that note i've one of the actions i've given myself uh, over the weekend is um to update my profile on that register to be much more inclusive and um explicit about that that's a good call that's a good um prompt for me to do that as well so um anyone who is listening and has had their interest piqued by that i will drop note um notes in in the show notes i'll make sure obviously liz's contact details are there um for full frame coach and 
for myself as well. But um, if you do work in the NHS, you will know that you, or you should know that you have access to um, leadership academies, which have just become part of NHS England improvement, but they all have registers that are available for free coaching. So if you know someone who would benefit, who works in the NHS, who would benefit from free coaching, then that might be a really good way to reach out. So I'll make sure I, I drop those in the show notes as well. So Liz, I don't know about you, um, and it feels so I'm not moving I am moving us on but I'm not moving us on because I don't think it's important I just um, want to talk about other things as well um, so I don't know about you but I am quite an action focused coach so when I coach people I like to leave them with things to do and I know that you believe that having goals are really important and I was just wondering if you wanted to tell us a little bit about why you feel that goals are important mm, um... Yeah, I, I'm an action-oriented person as well. I, I'm I'm that kind of person that if I go to a meeting and there are no actions, I think, what was the point of that meeting? <laughs> um, so, um, so I also have that style within my um, within my coaching conversations. Um, so, goals for me are, are about giving focus um, and stretch. So that developmental um, aspect. Um, because without the action, the conversation, um, you know, what, what is the point? And, and the action might not be very tangible. The action might be about sitting with some time and reflecting on the conversation and thinking further about that. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be quite subtle, but it is about having a conscious decision that I'm being active about this. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, um, I like to cross things off lists. Um, I get a lot of satisfaction from crossing things off lists. So, so there is something for me personally about having a sense of achievement when I've completed an action. Um, and I think, so in addition to that, the actions and goals, when I've thought over the years about the kind of, you know, every year I, I, I don't do new year's resolutions but I do come up with goals mm-hmm. that I'd like to do for the year and when I think about the goals that I've chosen over the years it does it has helped me understand who I am and have a greater sense of what I value yeah. because of what I've chosen um you know the sense of meaning and purpose that goals give to my life and my day-to-day living as well um yeah, and, and they've been hugely important during this COVID period, actually, in terms of keeping me on a relatively even keel. Mm, I think that's right. There, there's something about, so you, you mentioned there about linking goals to purpose, and I think that's really important. I think that that also, for me, that links in with resilience as well, because if you have a sense of purpose, it's much easier to build on your resilience reserves as well, I think. Um lots of people may have had um goals you know that they 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 decided to hook their new year's resolutions to or i'm very much like you so my my new year's resolutions are not resolutions they are a, a list of things that i really want to aspire to achieve this year and a vision board absolutely and i know you're all about the vision board as well because i shared your vision board um in the newsletter i think in january um yeah so there's there's something about that but for people 
now during COVID, because we're still um, in, in quite a significant period of lockdown down, although, you know, sh limited shops are opening on Monday, things are beginning to regain some purpose. And I have my own views about that, but that's not, now's not the time perhaps, but people's goals and um, their aspirations may have changed slightly during COVID. How, how can we keep on track and, and what do we need to do with our goals that we had pre-COVID maybe? Yeah, it's a really good question. And one of the things I noticed relatively early on when um, lockdown was starting in March and, you know, just it's a very, it feels like a very long time ago. Um, I, I, di I didn't notice that I was doing it, but realized afterwards that I was recontracting with myself about my goals. And for those that um, have had coaching, you know, you'll know that contracting and recontracting is something we do a lot as coaches. So, so at the start of sessions, and um, we'll always think about what do you want to get from this coaching session? What is it that you want to take away? And partway through a coaching conversation, things might change tack a bit so you you recontract and you say well actually do you still want to try and work towards what we said at the start or is this changed is there something else now and so we, we talk about that as recontracting and that's what I was doing with myself in March and I was looking at my vision board which um is near my dresser so actually every morning I I see it and sometimes I pay more attention to it than other days but um you know, I'd consciously chosen this year not to have any work-oriented things in my goals. There were lots of things about giving me fun things that I wanted to do. And, um, and it was, you know, big holidays that I was planning this year and, and um, a reading challenge I'd given myself because I'm a, an avid reader, um, some creativity and learning opportunities. Um, and... A lot of those things I obviously couldn't do because um, we weren't allowed to go anywhere. Um, <laughs> and so I was thinking, okay, so I can't, I can't go to Pakistan as I had planned to see a friend that's working out there. I can't go to France, which is something that I love to do every year. I can't do my my next phase of the Thames Path, which is what I was, I've been really hoping to do and have more time out of London. Um, what can I do instead? And uh, so what, what I've been thinking about is keeping myself in a travel oriented mindset because that's a big part of who I am. So reading lots of travel memoirs. So that, so shifting the goals a bit, um, but still within that frame of what I had intended at the beginning of the year um you know practicing my french on duolingo was one uh, i've been swapping photos with travel photos with a friend of mine that i met on one of my big holidays um who is you know she's an avid traveler too so every every day we all to alternate to share old travel photos and that's been a real joy to for me to a look over my old photos and remind myself of how fortunate I've been to visit parts of the world, um, but also to see other parts of the world through her eyes and and then the little chats that happen off the side of that and being connected to someone else in a way that we've never been connected before if it wasn't for COVID. Um, yeah, 
do you do you think your your goals have changed so i've noticed for a lot of people they're starting to reevaluate what's important and what's less important and different things have become more significant and connections have changed and do you think that the importance that you placed on your goals at the beginning of the year if you looked at them now do you think they'd still be as important or do you think that's shifted for you yeah um people might be surprised about this but i don't actually think they have shifted that much and um i think the reason for that is because i've always maybe not always but i have definitely looked to make meaning and not really taking the material things um they're not they're not the biggest things in my life the material things people are the biggest things in my life and they 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 have always been um and i've i wouldn't describe myself as a buddhist but i've been interested in buddhist psychology and buddhist philosophy for for a very long time and actually that's been one of my goals this year is to learn much more about buddhism and be and educate myself about that and i think that kind of philosophy is already within me um for whatever reasons um so i, I actually don't think my goals have changed that much um the word after i came up with my goals for the year the word that i found that i could label them with was joy um i didn't i didn't think of joy first and then what can i do around joy the joy came afterwards and um but that's definitely the common word of the goals that i had on my vision board and what i've been able to do during covid is find the joy in things which i've i've always done but i've been more conscious of at this time so um macro flower photography is something that I really love doing because that gives me joy. So I'm making space for that. Um, being in the countryside is something I find huge amounts of joy in. It's hard to do when you live in central London and you can't go anywhere. <laughs> so, you know, how do I find joy in nature? Um, you know, and I, I have loads of plants, so I'm giving them extra special attention while I'm at home every day. Um, so I suppose, it, I suppose I'm focusing more, going, going more into the depth of what I've always had rather than shifting completely. Does that um, make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does. And, and I suppose a good example of that is the way that you and your friend have reconnected and slightly shifted your relationship through sharing those um, old holiday photos. And, and I suppose that helps you to look at those achievements differently as well and look for different things in those achievements which is a, is a interesting way to put a spin on travel, isn't it really? When you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely made me appreciate just how much I've been able to travel over the years. Um, and it is one of the reasons why I, I left Australia to come to the UK was the ability to travel far more extensively than I could <laughs> from Australia. Um, yeah. And, and I think when we can travel again, um, the joy that will come from that, you know, being able to go and visit my friends that live in Scotland and friends that live in other parts of the UK. Um, you know, I, I can't wait for that to happen, but for the time being, we, um, 
we just have to accept that that we are where we are we do we do and look for look for the joy in the situation as well i suppose i'm just i'm finding myself thinking about the link between goals and purpose and joy and and i'm i'm drawn back to our earlier conversation actually around the black lives matters um movement that is very much rightly so in in the social conscience at the moment and i think there's something about that triangle isn't there that's really important that that purpose that goal and that joy and i'm i'm wondering what advice you might have for people out there who are wondering about how they can play their part and what goals they might want to set in playing their part in supporting or advocating for friends, for colleagues, um, for, for people they do or don't know in this movement. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I think, I think a good place to start is about reflecting on, um, on your own personal response to what's been happening over over um well through late may and june um and what is it that you're noticing in your thinking patterns but also um physically you know what are you noticing in your body when you're thinking about these things or if you're seeing things on the news or on social media or conversations you might be having with friends or family or work colleagues what are you what are you noticing and then um, in those reflections, it's then then trying to articulate them. Now, whether you say that to people or whether you write, write it down in a journal or, or do it in a creative way um, for those artists amongst your community, um, how do you explain what is going on for you at the moment? And then the next step really is about challenging yourself and disrupting that reflection and that ex the explanation and how to how do you disrupt yourself and is it about listening to podcasts that you might not normally choose to listen to you know there's some fantastic reading material out there there's um toolkits and resources that are being shared on social media all the time um i think it's important that we listen to our bane peers when they say you know some people some people not all people obviously but some people say don't come and ask me all of this stuff because this is too overwhelming at this point in time but do educate yourself i think that's a really important message so in terms of finding purpose and joy and goals through all of that that through that process i'm sure things would emerge for people and finding the thing that you feel passionate about and taking action about those things is what will bring joy out of something that is truly horrendous and is another example of something of many things that have been happening for centuries that are truly horrendous um, and, and i think the the most important piece from people that i've been talking to and listening to recently is that this shouldn't be a phase mm. yeah, yeah. So, so if that's part of your goal and your purpose is ensuring that the conversations that we're having now isn't just a fad and it will be over in a month um 
in my view, that that could be the biggest meaning and goal we could possibly have um, for all of us, every single person on this planet, to make sure this conversation doesn't go away. I think that you've given some really um, valuable prompts there for people. I'm thinking, so when you were saying about listening to your body and feeling into your body, I think your body gives you enormous amounts of information that we very quickly glaze over because we don't, we, we try and do the thinking with our head or the feeling with our heart and we don't often listen to the whole of our body. Um, and I, I've noticed that when you were talking, I was I was trying to listen into to how I felt, and I've noticed a huge sense of unease and discomfort in my body. I can feel it in my body, and I think part of that comes from being very consciously a a, a white woman who has no lived experience. I you know I'm I'm hugely privileged. I I I suffer the inequalities of being a woman, um, and I know that but I have enormous privilege because I am well-educated. I am from a, you know, a, a good upbringing where we were able to afford nice things. Um, I am in a, a, a well-paid role. I'm able to influence. I know that I have, I have voice and people do listen. And I know that, um, and so that gives me a sense of discomfort because I think, well, what place, sometimes I think, what place do I have in this conversation? Because I can't speak with any knowledge or any experience about what it must be like. But I think it's really important to just name that even because yeah. that helps you tap into it. And then you can start thinking about, well, what next? A, a, a friend that I have, um, that, that I met through a course I did. She is a, a very influential um, woman. She's incredible, actually. She works for Women for Women International. Um, and she is um, very senior there. And she's put an offer out that she wants to, she's explicitly said, I'd like to mentor two young black women who want to make a break into the charity sector. That's where I work. That's what I know. That's what my offer is. Um, and I'm I'm crafting a response through quite the hive as well and thinking about what I can do to support the BAME community that I that may be on the periphery of what I do may feel excluded by me being a white woman offering this how do I how do I open that up more but there is something isn't there about that just that that all just came just from listening into my body and trying to figure out what is it that's giving me the discomfort and the unease yeah so what you've actually done there jane is reflected and explained it to yourself and and to us because we're listening in um and starting to think about the disruption so that little framework is actually something that i've learned from uh a, a wonderful woman that i spoke to yesterday um and she's a diversity and inclusion consultant so i, I can't take credit for that and and actually, um, we, we could perhaps share her details for people who might be interested in reaching out to her and her expertise. Um, but it, and it's an iterative process. I think that's the other point that Meg was really emphasizing with me yesterday is about, you know, working through that framework. But when you get to the disruption, don't stop there. You know, it's, it is cyclical. So make sure you go back to the reflection. Um, you know, what is the reflection on the disruption and then working that cycle again. And if we were to keep doing that, 
and checking in with ourselves. Um, it, the inherent nature of that cycle means that we're moving forward and that we're growing and developing and, and changing and, and having impact. Um, so in terms of goals and meaning and joy, um, that's, that framework could really help facilitate that within individuals, I, I believe. Um, and Meg's point was really, the, her article that I read was really about there's so many places where um, BAME people are not represented, so someone has to do something. So who are we, as, and I say we as in you and I, Jane, as white women, who are we not to have an influence in this space? Um, and that's something that I hadn't really, I hadn't felt empowered or emboldened to do in the past, even though I felt very strongly about these matters. Um, but yes, you know, black and minority ethnic people can't influence in those spaces if they're not there. Yeah. Um, even if they are there, they might be one person in a room full of white people. And, and that's a massive challenge. So their capacity uh, and confidence to really challenge, you know, that, that's, that's tough. So yeah, who are we not to help really? and step into that space. So there we are, everyone. There's a challenge for you. Have Take take a moment, even if it's just pausing now, pause the podcast, because I hope you're listening to this in a quiet little space somewhere and, and you've snuck away from, from whatever distractions might be around you. But pause it and just feel into what your body is telling you when you're listening to this. Is it is it similar for you? Are you feeling a bit the same? Is there difference there for you? Are you someone who has lived experience of this? How can you help um, in your capacity? How can we help in our capacity? And it's not enough to say, this is dreadful, someone needs to do something. It's, this is dreadful, what can I do? And there, there will be something, there will be some small something that you can do. And actually, I saw a wonderful tweet from um, Gemma Cunningham, who is part of Inkling, who's a wonderful, wonderful organisation in Australia that I love very much. They, 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 um, their aim is to elevate humanity um, and they do a lot around leadership and have done particularly women's leadership. But she put a wonderful post on Instagram and I will try and find it and put the link in the show notes or, or take a snap of that and put it in the show notes about the ways in which you can um, challenge people um, around how they are talking about black and ethnic minority people. Um, so when someone makes a flippant remark or a joke or there's a bit of banter or whatever it might be and it makes you feel uncomfortable because it should make you feel uncomfortable she came up with a wonderful list of prompts to challenge that and I will share it because they're so simple but it just sometimes it's just knowing what to say isn't it sometimes people feel I don't know how to challenge this and um, there are simple things that we can do as individuals um, which will help and contribute. Yeah, definitely. That's not where I expected our conversation to go, but it's felt really important to follow it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? I'm gonna, I, I'm definitely gonna have to take some time after this conversation. I think to reflect further. 
and that there must be a good way to put prompts in to remind you to do it as well i think it's so there's so much stuff like you said on social media at the moment that will act as prompts so you you can't you cannot avoid the conversations that are going on at the moment so the challenge is to 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 take a moment and to engage if not in the space at least with yourself about how you're feeling about it what are your what are your next goals liz yeah i think um i have in the last 48 hours i've definitely been thinking about what's a goal for me around inclusion and diversity and and we're in we're a bit late in objective setting process at work uh, normally that would be done in sort of may um, but it is happening at the moment um, and uh, and for me there's something in that space what what is my personal objective about not just health inequalities which is something that we try to do through our work all the time and i and i think it's fair to say that we we need to do far more than we've ever been doing before but actually having something very specific about diversity inclusion and and what what role do i want to step into to help that along uh, in the workplace um so that that feels a big one for me at the moment um and yeah you usually do during lockdown as well you don't need to travel to do that one absolutely <laughs> do that from the very comfort of my lounge room <laughs> absolutely Where I really play these days <laughs> <laughs> liz it's been really really wonderful talking to you thank you thank you for prompting some some deep thought and hopefully that's planted seeds in others minds as well um it's felt really important to to follow that conversation Thanks, Jane. It's been a real joy to be to be having this conversation with you and to see you yeah. over of, uh, Zoom technology. Absolutely. It's been a long time since I've seen you, so it's lovely to see your face. Thank you so much. Um, and Liz, if people want to follow you or find out more about what you do, where would they be able to, to find out more about Full Frame Coach, for example? Uh, LinkedIn is actually the best place to find me these days. Um, yes, the Full Frame Coach conversation is another one for another time <laughs> okay so that's liz price um on uh linkedin um yeah. and we will make sure that we drop the um information around the uh, leadership registries for coaching into the show notes um and uh, i think it feels like we need to share some information about the wonderful um diversity and inclusion consultant that you were talking about as well so that would be fantastic take very good care of you and it's been a delight thank you so much liz thanks jane recording this episode really made me think it stayed with me for several days afterwards and i hope it does with you I think it's really important that we lean into what we can do as individuals to support what we believe is right. It's not enough to say that you don't have the influence or the control over what's happening. It's our responsibility as humans, as individuals, to look to ourselves to see what we can do differently. That might just be educating ourselves, might be exposing ourselves to different voices that we might not normally recognize or lean into 
Social media has a habit of surrounding us with voices that are like our own. They're very clever like that. Have a look around. See where you need to expand your education and take responsibility for that. If you're in a position to influence, like Liz and I discussed, have a look around you and see how you can influence. Question. Challenge. Just do something. Thanks for being here. See you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast from Inside the Hive by Quiet the Hive, then please leave us a five-star rating or drop us any comments in the box below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any comments or ratings you give us all help other people who would benefit from the content to find us. Thanks so much.